everyone, and welcome to another edition of the V-Auto Podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V-Auto, and I'll be your host for today's episode. We're recording today's conversation in the first full week of October 2023. Football season's a month underway, and here in Chicago, our Bears are not playing up to the expectations and hype everyone was talking about before the first regular season game. You might say the same about the current used vehicle market. While it's not, while it's performing far better for dealers than the Bears are for their fans, it's not as good as it was a year ago. And some are suggesting a bit of a rougher run in the remaining months of 2023. So to talk about the current state of the used vehicle market and its implications for dealers, I've asked the auto founder and Cox Automotive Vice President Dale Pollack to share his perspective and pointers. Dale, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Lance. Good to be with you. Just to Indeed. clear up one, just to clear up one thing, if I may. Sure. Yes, it, it's true that your Chicago Bears are not performing to expectations, but I happen to be in Michigan, and our Detroit Lions are crushing it. So just want to put that out there. That, well, you're right about that, Dale. And I have to say, uh, my nine-year-old son, Lucas, has a fantasy football team. And his entire defense is the Lions defense. And he's been quite happy with the results so far. So That boy's got a great future. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, let's let's dive into the conversation, Dale. We, as I mentioned at the outset here, we've just uh, entered the final quarter of 2023. So how would you describe current used vehicle market conditions? The current used vehicle conditions, Lance, are both unusual and uncertain. So let's start with the unusual part. For the past 10 or 12 weeks, we've seen used vehicle sales volume the highest levels of the entire year. And that's not what we expect to see in late summer and early fall. That's what you'd expect to see in the springtime. Mm-hmm. So it's it's quite unusual to see high levels of used vehicle sales volume this time of year. Very unusual. Now that said, I think there's a lot of uncertainty going forward. As we all know, there's a automotive strike happening. There's uh, a lot of chaos in our government, and there is a lot of concern about rising interest rates bond yields, student loan repayments, the end to child care credits, just a lot of stuff swirling around in the market, none of which presents very positive indications for large ticket buyers. So in spite of the fact that we have experienced unusually high levels of retail used demand, I think that we perhaps are in a moment of inflection where we may see a softening in the market going forward. Now, Dale, in the past, you and I have talked about how uh, when dealers get a sense, you know, that demand is growing, they may often stock up a little bit or they may feel like, you know, I got to get some more cars here. Um, Have you seen that recently? And is that something that we're worried about, you know, if some of these uncertainty factors play out? Right. Actually, day supply of inventory on dealers' lots has been somewhat constrained in in spite of strong retail demand. 
And generally speaking, to your point, when dealers experience high levels of demand, they often stock up to meet that level of demand or perhaps even exceed it with the anticipation of garnering, garnering even more market share. This year, however, counterintuitively to that characteristic, uh, dealer inventories have been moderate. They have risen just a little tiny bit in the last week or two to about a 46-day supply. But generally speaking, it's about perhaps eight or nine or maybe even 10% lower uh, dealer day supply than it was a year ago. And I think the primary contributing factor to those more constrained inventory levels is, is really the cost of capital. Um, we're in a very different interest rate environment than we were a year ago. So the cost of carrying that capital is, is quite high today. And if it's floor planned, it's showing up on the financial statement. And if it's not floor planned, it shows up a little less apparent, but no less real in terms of opportunity cost. So there's some good news there, I guess, is that perhaps if as we face what looks to be some uncertain weeks and months ahead, writ large, dealers may not have too much inventory on their hands while facing, you know, a, a, another level of volatility and wholesale values and, and things like we've seen in the past. Well, that's an interesting point because yes, in, in, in one respect, if we're headed into a slower selling period, it is wise for dealers to have inventories that are more balanced to the rolling 30 day sales level. That said, however, we also have an auto strike that's, that's real. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. perhaps it's going to be prolonged. So what I'm beginning to sense from dealers is that they're thinking that maybe they should stock up on late model young used cars to insulate themselves against what might be a new car shortage if the strike persists for any significant period of time. Having too little inventory in, in this environment could turn out to be a problem. And, and this is one of the reasons why it's a confused and complex environment for dealers. You know, I'm, I, I read something yesterday, Dale, that I, I guess I perhaps should have thought about before, but didn't. Uh, and that is, if the OEMs, because of the supply of new vehicles and that, that supply diminishing, perhaps choose to start funneling some of that inventory to dealers rather than fleet customers, that in fact, those fleet customers may go to the used car market uh, to, to, to get the vehicles that they need. And I guess I'm wondering what you're hearing on that particular point in your conversations. I'd like to believe that's gonna happen. Um, the factories definitely make more money selling the cars to dealers than they do uh, to fleet companies. And it's in their interest to keep the dealers viable. So I'd like to believe that that shift is or, or will occur. Um, but, you know, it's, it's also important to understand the current dealer day supply of inventory, new inventory now I'm talking about, mm -hmm. is about 60 days. But that 60 days is not evenly spread across all brands or all models of brands. So it's, it's pretty inconsistent. There are some brands that have more vehicles, new vehicles on the lot than others. And the same is true with certain models within those brands. 
So with the with an overall 60-day supply, one could easily say that the strike could go for the better part of 60 days before there would really be a shortage of new cars. But as for the reasons I just stated, there are going to be some brands and some models within those brands that are going to experience shortages much sooner than that and others later. Again, it all points to what is really a very confused and complex situation. And it really underlies the reality that there just simply is no more single new or used car market. Um, there's a lot of markets within new and a lot of markets within used with different brands and different uh, models and segments of, of price class, very often moving at different directions or at different paces. And, and consequently, I think it puts a burden on dealers to become students of, of the market. And that's not easy when there's so many different brands and models and price classes all changing dynamically day to day. Um, and it, it really has become an environment where data and data science can be very helpful. Let's let's talk about that, Dale. Now, I, I've, I've heard you share in conversations with dealers, you know, how pricing, phrasing and acquisition really uh, combine as perhaps the three most critical areas of used vehicle operations. Um, with a lens on data science as it relates to those three parts of used vehicle operations, what risks or opportunities are you seeing there as it relates to dealers? You put your finger on it. I mean, there's a lot of activities that occur in a used vehicle operation, all of which impact and affect the ultimate outcome. But the big three are those that you mentioned. It's daily price management, appraisal management, and acquisition management. I say to dealers that if you can get those three things done properly and optimized, you're most likely to have very favorable outcomes. But in order to do that in this very complex, dynamic marketplace, it just requires a lot of data and it all kind of works together. Those three areas of pricing, appraising and acquisition all work together because I think every good car person would agree that the best way to know how to get in a car is to first know how to get out. So having the data relevant to the exit strategy on any particular make or model or trim package or price class vehicle best informs us as to how to buy the car. And, and once we buy the car, depending on how right we're able to buy the car, that informs us as to how quickly we should turn the vehicle as an investment to optimize a return. And then of course, what we also know, and what I spoke about a moment ago, is that there are gonna be some models in the market when we think about what we acquire, that are going to be in short supply and some that are going to be quite frankly oversupplied for some time to come so we have to be sure that we're buying the right cars for the right money and pricing them right so all three of those big three are very much interrelated and when we go to execute on those three things we have to do it smart which means that we have to do it with data and and keying on the execution of it it isn't just enough to have the data but we have to use the data consistent with the strategy that's associated with each. 
let me unpack that a, a little bit, Dale. A moment ago, you mentioned you know doing these three critical tasks properly and in an optimized fashion. Um, and you just mentioned strategy, and I guess I'm trying to connect the dots. Are, are strategy and optimization connected in some way? Yeah, let me let me be a little bit more clear on that point. I, I think it's it's important to have good inventory. And when I talk about good inventory, what I really mean is optimized inventory. What optimized inventory means is having vehicles and in inventory that are managed in a way consistent with achieving their highest possible return. But even if you have optimized inventory, that's central to favorable outcomes, but it's not everything. What we have to do is we have to execute the big three, pricing, appraising, and acquisition in order to optimize that inventory. And, and that comes down to execution. And what I've been speaking about to dealers is the need to optimize, not manage their execution, but optimize. So what's the difference between managing the execution of pricing, appraising and acquiring vehicles and optimizing? What's the difference? Well, quite simply, optimizing process is about having a strategy that's appropriate, supported by data, and then executing in a manner that's aligned with the strategy. So there's a lot of dealerships that operate with a strategy, but that strategy is often not evident in the execution of those big three things, pricing, appraising, and acquiring. So in order to have optimized strategy, excuse me, optimized process, we have to have a strategy and we have to be able to execute in accordance with that strategy. And in order to be sure that we're executing in to, or to the extent we're executing in alignment with our strategy we have to have a system of measurement because if we can't measure we can't manage or optimize we can't be sure that what we're doing is actually aligned with our strategy so we need to have optimized inventory and we need to have optimized process and again that being execution that aligns with the strategy and that requires having a strategy requires communicating the strategy to the people who execute and measuring their performance to determine the extent to which they are or are not aligned such that we can hold people accountable. That's a lot, but it, 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 all, it all really has to happen in order to have optimal outcomes. So I, I'm, I'm now curious, Dale, that, that all makes sense to me, but how does that translate in, in, in say, let's just pull one of those three critical areas, pricing. Um, what does that look like when you mentioned daily price management? What does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis when dealers are doing that, when they're working hard to optimize pricing, for example? Well, let me start with what it looks like when they're not optimizing okay. daily price management. So we get to the end of the month, the results are in, the books are closed, and we often say to ourselves, well, we didn't do enough volume or we didn't make enough gross. And in most cases, the majority of the times, the reason that we have those outcomes, not enough volume, not enough gross, is attributed to the aggregate decisions that somebody's making on a day-to-day -day basis, on a car-to-car -car basis when they go to price them. 
it, it's the accumulation of a lot of daily pricing decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and today or in, in the past, those decisions are made without much, if any, visibility until we get to the end of the month and we see the results of those decisions. So what optimized daily price management is today is the ability to see on a day-to-day basis through the course of the month how the person to whom we entrust this most critical function of pricing our vehicles is doing the job. For example, we can see that very often the person pricing the vehicle is pricing the vehicle very much on the low side, which will undoubtedly drive volume. And there's nothing wrong with driving volume pricing competitively, so long as it doesn't come too much at the expense of gross. And yet we can see other people who price vehicles that consistently price them on the high side for gross. And again, nothing wrong with pricing for gross, so long as it doesn't come too much at the expense of volume. But past practice has not given us the ability to see that tendencies or see those tendencies until we get to the end of the month and the results are in. So what we now have the ability to do on a day-to-day basis is to actually see how those decisions are being made. And if we feel it's proper, course correct. We can see perhaps on any given day that the majority of vehicles that we're pricing are on the low side or on the high side, which gives us now the ability to see where we're headed. If we don't course correct, or if we do choose to course correct, we can have those conversations on a, on a basis throughout the month, such that when we get to the end of the month, we have steered our ship to what our North Star is in terms of a desired balance between volume and gross. And what, what is the mechanism by which I could measure if somebody's too high or, or, or above or below uh, what that North Star should be? Well, this is where data science comes in. Today, we have the ability with a high degree of accuracy to predict the probability of any vehicle selling at any price in the next seven days. So let me just repeat that. With a high degree of accuracy and reliability today, we can predict the probability of any vehicle selling at any price in the next seven days. So with that ability, what we would like to do is to price vehicles in a manner to optimize their return on investment. We don't wanna sell every car in the next seven days. We wanna sell some cars faster and some cars a little bit more patiently for the sake of higher gross. So for example, those vehicles that we own for a lot of money, maybe too much money, high cost to market, that may also have high market day supply and low retail volume, we wanna move those cars faster. We wanna move those vehicles out perhaps in an average of 20 or 30 days. Conversely, there are gonna be some vehicles in our inventory that we have purchased very right, a low cost to market, they have low market day supply and they're high volume movers in the market. Those vehicles, we want to be a little bit more patient for, give those vehicles a chance to achieve their potential, even if it means we have to be just a little bit more patient. So what we now have the ability to do is to see where a recommended price range would be for each one of those vehicles to achieve those optimal turn uh, results, whether it be 40 or 50 days for our best vehicles to achieve the highest possible return, or perhaps 20 or 30 days for the vehicles that we own for a lot of money that have high market day supply and low retail volume. So this is what we call taking a variable 
management approach to pricing our vehicles. And we have the ability today to see on a day-to-day -day basis through the course of the month, whether the person pricing our vehicles is pricing those vehicles in accordance with those recommended ranges or above or below. And it's quite frankly, it's their decision where they price the vehicles, but now we have a standard objective measurement so that such that we can see that we're pricing our vehicles maybe in a way that's headed towards high volume at the expense of gross or high gross at the expense of volume. And as I said a moment ago, if that's not our desired destination outcome, we can course correct. So let me just play an example, dear. Let's, Dale, let, let's say that, that I'm a dealer where volume, you know, has been my objective and, and I have done my darndest to, you know, retail 55, 60% of my cars within 30 days, month after month after month. Are you saying that in some cases that perhaps that's too broad of a brush to, to, to by which I'm managing my, my inventory right now? Well, it, it may be, but but what I'm saying is this, is that your pricing is a tool, it's a lever to achieve an outcome. And depending on what your outcome is, whether it's volume or it's gross or it's a proper balance, your pricing is a tool to achieve that outcome. And, and what we can now do is we can see relative to, relative to a recommended range, we can see on a day-to-day -day basis whether the person pricing the vehicles is pricing above the range or below the range. If they were to price within the range, they're going to have a balance between volume and turn. But it might be the dealer's preference to index more towards volume or turn. Or, and if that's the case, they can price above or below the range and most likely get that desired outcome. But without a standard point of reference being this recommended price range that gives us the even balance, we don't know where we're headed till we get to the end of the month and the results are in. Yeah, and if I'm reading between the lines, Dale, it almost sounds to me like if if I'm that dealer, then what you're suggesting is perhaps as I use the the lever of pricing, in the past, maybe I moved it all the way. And, and there may be times now, thanks to data science, where I move it a little bit you know, and, and, and pay close attention to how that's faring in terms of my volume goal. Right. And, and, and the biggest problem in the past has been that the dealership doesn't know how that is being done or which direction the ship is being steered or oversteered in, in until the results are in at the end of the month. And it's too late. You can't do anything about it at that point. But Not now so. with the new data science and the new tools that we have, we can see it playing out day to day. And if we're not happy with the way that it's playing out, have the ability to course correct before we get to the end of the month. Understood. I have one one final question, Dale, that, that ties in a little bit to uh, current market conditions, um, but more specifically to a segment of the used vehicle market that is EVs. And, and I've talked to a few dealers who are, I guess, gun shy might be uh, the right word to describe how they regard these vehicles. I mean, they'll take them in on trade if they, they need to make a deal, but it seems to me that the appetite of dealers, broadly speaking, for EVs on the used vehicle side is uh, 
questionable, I guess. So what are you hearing there and what recommendations might you suggest for dealers when they have that EV acquisition opportunity in front of them? You're right. EVs are frightening. Um, there are so few of them that are transacting in the market that it's really hard to get a read on what an EV is worth on any given day. And compounding that problem, we have Tesla that on any given day that we wake up may have cut their prices overnight substantially. And because they're cutting retail prices as a mechanism to move their inventory rather than putting opaque incentives out in the market, we the market can determine immediately when those price cuts are made by Tesla. And that has an immediate effect on every vehicle, every electric vehicle on the ground or any vehicle that you may have purchased the day before. So it's very volatile. So you combine the volatility for that reason, along with the low number of transactions that gives us a read on the market, and you have a very uncertain environment. So understandably, dealers are somewhat fearful about owning EVs, and that's a pretty big problem because the manufacturers have made commitments to their suppliers uh, to build a lot of these EVs, the government has put requirements on the manufacturers for uh, for emissions purposes that forces them to build them. And thus far, uh, the market is not accepting them to the extent that we're building them. And and there's a lot of reasons for that. It, it you know many reasons. They're they're generally speaking high price vehicles. Uh, there's range anxiety. The the charge network is is not in place. There's even questions whether the grid can support the required network of, of chargers to support the the production commitments of of these vehicles that have been made. So there's lots of uncertainty, and for good reason. Now that said, I did have a dealer recently say to me that he thinks there's actually a good opportunity to make money with EVs. And, and I questioned him how that is. And he says, you know, Dale, he says, every dealer is so frightened of these vehicles that what we found is that we can buy them really cheap. And there is a market. There is truly a, a used vehicle market for EVs. And as I've often said, that there's no such thing as a bad car. There's only bad money for a car. And because a lot of dealers, most dealers are very reluctant to step up to any EV. They often can be purchased very cheap. And is there risk in that strategy? For sure there's risk. But like, you know, like we all know, if you can buy something cheap enough, uh, you reduce your risk and you maximize your upside potential. So again, it, it's one of the situations where um, it really requires a lot of expertise and knowledge. Of, of the EV market, uh, and it has to be driven by data and data that's very current. So there is opportunity there, but I would say that it's it's very difficult opportunity for most dealers who are ill-equipped to, to uh, execute on that opportunity, but, but some actually see the opportunity and some are focusing on it. And I suspect that those dealers will do quite well there. That, that's a, a nice place to, to close our conversation, Dale, an example of where, it, it, you know, perhaps the market's heading one way and, they, and yet there are dealers, you know, sniffing the other to find, to find the opportunity, which is the nature 
of, of the car dealer in America. Dale, thank you for taking uh, time out for the podcast. Very appreciate you being here today. Okay, my pleasure. Good to be with you, Lance. And all of you listening in and watching, thank you for joining this episode of the V-Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.